This is a recording from a Sunday meeting of the BC Humanist Association in Vancouver. Humanism is a progressive worldview that, without supernaturalism, affirms our ability and responsibility to lead meaningful, ethical lives capable of adding to the greater good of humanity. To learn more about humanism and to support our work, visit bchumanist.ca and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to subscribe to the BC Humanist Podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of our staff or board of directors. So now it's my pleasure to introduce our speaker for today, uh, Bethany Lindsay, reporting on pseudoscience. Bethany Lindsay is a CBC news reporter and former biologist. In 2018, she published investigations into bogus medical claims being made online, the lack of oversight of alternative medicines, and BC chiropractors who promoted anti-vaccine messaging. She previously worked for the Vancouver Sun, the North Shore News, and CTV. She is the author of British Columbia Burning, the World Wild, the Worst Wildfire Season in BC History. Please welcome Bethany Lindsay. Bethany? Um, so what I wanted to kind of talk about today is a series of stories I've done over the last nine months on some pretty bogus claims and uh, as Dan mentioned, lack of oversight of the alternative health professions. Um, but I also kind of wanted to get into how these stories came to be and how I reported them, because I think you know people don't really, people often don't really understand what goes into journalism and how stories come to be, especially right now when everybody is screaming fake news about everything. Um, I wanted to kind of explain the process a little bit. Um, so. I guess to start off with, I'm a journalist and I want to keep reporting on this stuff. So I have to kind of keep my personal opinions out of this. But there are a few things that I, I'm comfortable saying that I take as baseline truth. Um, and that would be things like vaccines are a great invention and they've saved countless lives and they don't cause autism. Um, climate change is real, it's caused by humans. And anybody who's working as a health professional has a responsibility to be able to back up any claims they're making with scientific proof. And finally, anybody can believe in whatever they want when it comes to alternative health. Um, if you are fully informed, do what you like with your own body, um, but don't subject children to that. So with that said, so this is where it all started. Um, this was a blog post by a Victoria naturopath named Anka Zimmerman. It, it's kind of sensational. Basically what she said is that a child came to her. He was a four-year-old child. He had aggression, behavior problems. He was growling. He was having nightmares about werewolves. Um, and she decided to treat him using a homeopathic remedy made from rabid dog saliva. Um, so her theory was that this kid had been bitten by a dog at some time when he was much younger. Not a rabid dog, but she believed that um, the dog had the miasma of rabies. Um, and so the child was acting like he was rabid. Um, and so she said, giving him this treatment called lysinum, which is supposedly rabid dog saliva um, 
diluted over and over and over again in water um, to, to treat him. She said it worked fine. Now the kid's a total angel. Um, so I first learned of this from a Twitter account that kind of monitors some of these alternative health professions. And one of my colleagues um, in the national health team for CBC pointed it out and said somebody in Vancouver should look into this. So I started looking into it. Um, but the first thing I did was I emailed the College of Naturopathic Physicians, which is the body that regulates naturopaths in BC. Um, and I said, have you seen this? Is there anything wrong with it? And they got back to me and said, basically, no, there's nothing wrong with this. This rabid dog saliva solution is uh, approved by Health Canada for use by anyone. Um, and so I had to kind of stop there and say, am I sure this is a story? We've got the regulator for, for these health professionals saying that there's nothing wrong with what she did. So I kind of had to sit on the story for a bit um, until I could get Bonnie Henry on the phone. She is BC's public health officer. So she's basically like the top doctor for all of BC. And I, I showed her this blog post and she was furious. She said, I don't understand how something made from the saliva of a rabid dog, even if it's homeopathic, which means you know there's probably no trace of the dog saliva in there. Um, even if it's homeopathic, there's no way that that should be legal in Canada. There's no way you should be giving it to kids. And she said, I've expressed my concerns to Health Canada about stuff like this before. And I'm writing them a letter to ask them, what the heck? Uh, so, <laughs> So that is a story. When you've got a public, a provincial public official saying that the federal government has done something wrong. So I ran with it. I talked to a couple of people who kind of follow pseudoscience in the health professions. I talked to Tim Caulfield, who you may know. Um, he's got a Netflix show about this stuff. Um, and I talked to Anka Zimmerman, who I must say always takes my phone calls. Um, this is naturopath. Um, and she defended herself. She said, uh, the only proof I need about this is that it worked. Of course, we've got no idea who this kid is or who his parents are. So I ran with the story. Um, and, and this kind of started spiraling into more and more stories. Once this story went up, people saw that I was someone who was interested in this stuff. So I started getting all sorts of emails from the people who kind of try to monitor this stuff. And one, one email that I got that was really interesting was, hey, you know, Health Canada has approved this rabid dog saliva stuff for sale in Canada, but the brand that this naturopath used isn't actually licensed for sale here. So, I was able to confirm that that was true, that she had used unlicensed, basically illegal rabid dog saliva. And so, and so there's another story. Um, and the actually, actually the BC Naturopath Association, which is kind of a voluntary group uh, of naturopaths in BC, they filed a complaint against Anka Zimmerman. They said they didn't like the claims that she was making about what she could do by giving a child rabid dog saliva. So this spiraled into four or five more stories. And then I started getting other interesting tips about chiropractors. Um, and so 
this guy, Abtar Jassel, um, was the vice chair of the College of Chiropractors board. So he is sitting on the body that regulates all chiropractors for BC. And he had made this Facebook video where he's kind of wandering around a Whole Foods in Vancouver talking about how you don't need the flu shot, you just need a healthy smoothie to boost your immune system. Now the thing about this smoothie, yeah. The thing about that is that the College of Chiropractors in 2015 came up with this policy that's pretty great. They said chiropractors can't discuss anything or make any recommendations about vaccination. And that's because chiropractors don't study infectious diseases. They have no expertise in how you prevent the flu. Um, so they're not allowed to talk to their patients about it except to give them a pamphlet um, from a provincial body that's like, here's, here's why you need to be vaccinated. So I heard about this because there's a, a guy in Alberta who kind of watches chiropractors. And he said, look, six months ago, I sent this complaint to the BC Ministry of Health and to the BC College of Chiropractors saying, you've got four members of the college's board who've been posting anti-vaccination stuff on Facebook and on Twitter, on their websites, um, and you need to do something about it. So he had sent me all these screenshots of posts from these four different board members. And so when I see something like that, I have to confirm that they exist, that he hasn't, just hasn't made up all these screenshots. And so I started kind of going through these Facebook pages, these Twitter accounts, these websites, and I found almost all of them were gone. They'd been taken down after this guy had complained. But this video was still up. And again, this is the vice chair of the college's board. He should be um, one of the people who's most aware of what the policies are, what you can and can't say as a chiropractor. Um, so I, I contacted the health ministry and I contacted the college. I said, look, this video is still up. What's going on? And so the college or the, the health ministry got in touch with the college and said, you need to do something about all these anti-vaccination posts. And they got um, Avtar Jassel, the vice chair, to take down his video. Um, and, and they said that this wasn't acceptable. But I started going through other chiropractors' websites and Facebook pages, and there was anti-vaccine stuff everywhere. So there was stuff like this one right here um, about whether vaccines can cause cancer. Um, there, was there were claims that children who are vaccinated are less healthy than unvaccinated kids. There were claims about shoulder injuries caused by vaccination. They were basically everywhere. Um, so this one story about the health ministry telling the college that they need to do something about these anti-vaccine posts kind of started spiraling into, into more and more stories again. So first of all, Avtar Jassel, the guy who was the vice chair of the college, stepped down from his post. Um, I talked to Dr. Bonnie Henry again, the prov provincial health official, um, and she said there needed to be severe discipline for people who are breaking these rules. Um, and then the college, I guess, um, prompted by the media attention and the focus from the health ministry, 
decided they needed to do something about it. So they went and hired an outside investigator to look at all these different anti-vaccine claims from chiropractors. Um, and they also hired an outside consultant to look at how the college investigates claims against its board members. Um, because that kind of seems to be a bit of a problem. <laughs> so this is just as a journalist, I've been doing this for about 12 years now. This is pretty remarkable in my career to have so much action result from my reporting because sometimes you write stories and they go out there, people are angry, nothing happens. But this time, things seem to be happening at a pretty fast clip. Um, so at this point, we've got um, vice chair of the board stepped down. We've got an outside investigator coming in. We've got an outside consultant looking into how the board is governed. Um, and so it's feeling pretty good. So now I have time to look into some other tips that I've been getting. And it's back to my old friend Anka Zimmerman. <laughs> so this time, um, the tips were from a guy in the UK who uh, is a real critic of homeopathy in general, um, but he's also kind of an advocate for people with autism. And he tipped me off to the fact that three naturopaths in BC were offering a treatment called CEASE therapy. And CEASE stands for Complete Elimination of Autism Spectrum Expression, which, like, complete elimination of autism, you can't, you can't do that. Um, but basically, this therapy uses homeopathy and huge doses of vitamin C. Um, and giant doses of vitamin C cause diarrhea. They cause awful stomach pro problems. And these naturopaths are, are using them on vulnerable autistic kids and claiming that they can completely eliminate autism. Um, and so this guy in the UK had filed a complaint to the college about these three people um, and what they were doing. Um, and so I, I checked with the college. I confirmed that they're investigating this complaint. And then I also spoke to a bunch of experts in autism. And they, they confirmed that, A, there's no way that this works. You can't completely eliminate autism with anything. Um, and there's no proof that any of this works. Um, and also that they were concerned that these naturopaths including Anka Zimmerman um, and a woman who actually is an instructor at the Boucher School of Naturopathy, which is where most naturopaths train in BC. She was offering it too, um, which was concerning. Um, and so these experts on autism said, you're really taking advantage of some of the, the most vulnerable kids. You're also taking advantage of parents who are scared and confused, and they really want to do anything they can for their kid. And so when they hear something like complete elimination, you know, they, they feel like they got to try it. But you could really be hurting a kid by giving him these doses of, of vitamin C. So, that was another story. And again, it built into story after story after story, the most exciting of which was that the college came out and banned cease therapy completely. Um, they also updated their, um, their policies on vaccination because part of the idea of this cease therapy, base, the baseline 
kind of idea of it is that vaccines cause 70% of autism, which isn't true. Um, and so the college updated its policy on vaccination and basically said that if you're a naturopath, you can't advise patients against getting vaccinated unless they have a documented medical reason. So that would be something like a compromised immune system. So they went ahead and updated their vaccination policy to make it much stricter. Um, and they, they came out and said, because of this, because of all the stuff that's been coming out with the cease therapy, with the rabid dog saliva, every naturopath in the province needs to start going through their websites and social media and get rid of any claims that they can't support with science. So that was kind of exciting. Again, lots more action. And this kind of brings me to the end of May of last year. Um, and so we've got kind of these two crackdowns at the College of Chiropractors and the College of Naturopaths. And of course, it was summertime. So my reporting on this stopped for a while. Um, and then it was wildfire season. And I'm just going to like do a little self-promotion plug. I wrote, I wrote a book about the 2017 wildfire season. I have copies if anybody wants them. But I promise this isn't just about self-promotion, um, because I have been writing a lot about wildfires, too, during the summers, because we've had two really bad seasons. Um, and, and one thing that I've tried to make really clear in all of my reporting is the role that climate change plays in the wildfires that we've had. Because from all the experts I've talked to, it's, it's a really huge part of why we're having these horrible wildfire seasons that we are. So why I'm getting into this digression is when I report on climate change and when I report on kind of pseudoscience stuff, I get similar reactions from certain people who don't believe in the science. They don't believe in the experts. They believe either that vaccination definitely causes autism or that climate change is a scam. And so, you know, these people are coming out to me on Twitter. Um, they're in my email inbox. They're basically everywhere, um, sometimes in my voicemail, too, um, saying, like, we don't believe what you're saying. You're part of a conspiracy, um, CBC is part of a conspiracy. Um, but I wanted to talk just about kind of the difference in those two groups of people, because I found with the, with the anti-vaccination people, um, though they may be aggressive, and though they may not believe anything, um, anything that's supported by science, they all seem to be kind of true believers. Like, a lot of them are people who have had bad experiences in <coughs> mainstream medicine, you know? And I think a lot of us have probably had those experiences, too. I know, like, I go to my doctor, and there's a big sign on the wall that says, limit your visit to 10 minutes, you know? And they get things wrong. I've had misdiagnoses. Um, it, and so there, there are reasons that people are skeptical of mainstream medicine. Um, and I think a lot of the people who are anti-vax are, are coming from a place of fear, and they've been misled, partly because of these bad experiences. Um, and I think they deserve a little bit of sympathy or empathy. 
um, in my interactions with them. I'm still trying to figure out how to do that. So if anybody's got any ideas. The difference with climate change deniers, at least that in my experience, is they seem to be more bad actors. Um, they, they tend to be more people who just hate scientists, they hate academics, they hate environmentalists, they hate the CBC. Um, and so they're, they're not looking to be informed or, or to have people listen to their, their real concerns. They're just kind of looking to be jerks. Um, and so I think that there's a gentler touch that I try to take with the anti-vaccination people than with the climate change deniers. But I've still, like, I haven't figured it out, like I said, if anybody's got any suggestions. Okay, so before I kind of get back into what's happened in the last few months in uh, the world of chiropractics and naturopathy, I just want to talk about how this isn't just about the alternative health professions. The problems with oversight and pseudoscience in the health professions, it stretches to pretty much every health profession. So a lot of you might know the case of Byron Wood, because um, I know the humanists are involved in his human rights complaint. Um, but Byron is a nurse who was diagnosed um, as an alcoholic, um, and he lost his job because he refused to go through with AA, which was a requirement for him keeping his job. He wanted an alternative science-based approach to addiction. Um, and the reason I mention this is because Byron filed a complaint with the College of Physicians and Surgeons against the doctor who had treated him, who said, if you want to go back to work, you have to go through a 12-step program. And so he complained to the college, which should be kind of this guardian of science-based medicine. And they said, no, like mandatory AA meets the community standards um, that we have for addiction treatment. So no, this doctor didn't do anything wrong. Um, and in reporting on this stuff over the last year, I found that you know there are things in just about every medical profession. Um, nursing, for example, you can use your nursing credentials to provide therapeutic touch, um, which is when you hold your hands close to somebody and say that you're healing them that way. So nurses can do that, and they're allowed to do that. Um, so this pseudoscience and kind of unsupported treatments it's, it's everywhere. Of course, my stuff has mainly focused on chiropractors and naturopaths, but, but it's, a, it's a problem everywhere. Okay, so back to naturopaths and chiropractors. So after all the wildfires were done this summer, um, I had a chance to go back and start focusing on chiropractors again and some more tips that I was getting from uh, people who are paying attention. Um, so someone wrote to me in the fall and said, look, I'm getting concerned that chiropractors are getting uh, credit for extended learning from the college for going to these anti-vaccination conferences, um, which seemed very surprising and troubling. Um, and so this is an example of a tip that isn't true. 
So I contacted the college and they said, no, that's absolutely not true. We would never give anybody credit for that. But at the same time, I got another tip that a couple more members of the board of the College of Chiropractors were providing these seminars called The Perfect Storm um, that were all about how, first of all, again, vaccines cause autism and other toxins in the environment, stuff like that. Um, and it also went into how you could use chiropractic to treat kids with autism and ADHD. And so I went back to the college and said, what about this? What's going on here? And the college at this point has a new registrar. And he says, you know, it's funny you should ask about that. Because the College of Chiropractors has just come up with this great new policy that makes it very, very clear that if you're a chiropractor, you can't claim that chiropractic can be used to treat autism or ADHD or Alzheimer's or cancer or infection, um, all sorts of crazy stuff. So they had just come up with this policy over last summer. And as I was writing to the college, he, uh, the college registrar was telling me, you know, right now I'm sending in an email telling everybody they have until November 1st to get rid of all these false claims from their advertising. And you know, I started looking around, and again, this stuff was everywhere. A lot of stuff about claiming that you could go to a chiropractor to treat your kid's ear infection. That was really, really common. Um, but also autism and ADHD were the big ones. Um, so that was another story. Um, the story is that the, the College of Chiropractors is, is cracking down on this stuff. Um, and it, it got into this kind of crazy conflict that's happening within the profession of chiropractic right now um, that I wasn't really, like I was kind of, I had heard about it, but it's not as huge in BC as it is in Ontario. Um, so right as the deadline was passing here in BC for chiropractors to remove the, their false claims from their websites, um, the Globe and Mail did this incredible story um, about what's happening in Ontario. Um, and the thing is that there is this subset of chiropractors who call themselves vitalistic chiropractors. And that means that they essentially believe and, and tell their patients that just about every human illness, everything that's wrong with you, um, is because of small misalignments in your spine. And so you can treat almost anything with chiropractic. Um, and we've, at, I'd say about a year and a half ago in BC, we had four members of the College of Chiropractors board who I would call vitalistic chiropractors. But they were always outnumbered. In Ontario, the vitalistic chiropractors have complete control of the college. Um, and the, the chiropractors who believe in more of a science-based approach are outnumbered. And if they speak out against these vitalistic people who are running the board, um, they will get disciplined. And I've, I've spoken to a chiropractor in Ontario who's basically the only one who will speak out about this stuff, about how he was disciplined for participating in this story. Um, but in BC, we're a little luckier because after a board election in the fall, we no longer have any vitalistic chiropractors on the board of the College of Chiropractors. Um, so I checked back in 
with the college a couple weeks after the deadline passed to remove these misleading claims um, from their websites. And I have found, speaking with these different health professional colleges, they're very cagey about what they'll tell anybody. Um, they're not frank about anything. For, for a long time, they wouldn't answer my phone calls even. But this time, I started going through websites again. And after the deadline had passed, there was still all sorts of stuff out there. And actually, this woman who's just a student in Nova Scotia sent me this spreadsheet that she'd made where she went through every single website of chiropractors in BC and found all the claims that violated the policy. And she was just like, here, do with it what you like, <laughs> which is amazing. Like there's power of the internet is sometimes fantastic. Um, but I, I reached out to the college with my concerns about this, and the college registrar said, look, I'm really concerned about this too. It's not going the way I had hoped it would, it would go. I'm really kind of upset. I think we're letting the public down right now. So he let me know that 50 BC chiropractors would be under investigation and possibly disciplined. Because even when they were asked to take down the misleading claims, they refused. So I'm going to be keeping a close eye on this as it goes forward. Um, I expect there will be more. Um, but these processes, these investigations, seem to take quite a long time. So uh, it could be a couple more months. But I should probably check in now that I mention it. OK, meanwhile, at the College of Naturopaths, Anka Zimmerman gave up her license. So this was in November. Um, and this was in response to several complaints against her for the rabid dog saliva, for doing that cease therapy for autism. Um, and the concerning thing here is that she told me, basically, I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing all along. I'm going to be a homeopath now instead of a naturopath, which means she can keep doing that cease therapy, because homeopathy as a profession is completely unregulated in this province. So she can keep doing everything that she was doing before. She just can't call herself a doctor or a naturopath. Um, and I have found my concern about some of these stories that I've done about her is I think I've been giving her business. I think people are hearing about her and saying she's right up my alley. Um, I think that's why she's always happy, happy to talk to me. Uh, but um, she recently posted my phone number on Facebook. And I came into work on a Monday morning. And my voicemail was just full of people furious with me. They were calling from Nashville and Atlanta, North Carolina, all over the states. So I think she's doing consultations by video chat and by phone. I think she's got a huge amount of business. Um, I have gotten lots and lots of tips over the last few months just about stuff that she's doing, like saying she wants to start a preschool for autistic children, stuff like that, that I've kind of said, like, I'm not going to report on this because I think she's doing it for the attention. Um, so yeah. So she's continuing to do all this stuff. Her website says she still offers cease therapy. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens with her. But meanwhile, the College of Naturopaths began its own crackdown on misleading claims. Um, and so basically what they said is you can't make 
any claims on your website about treatment that can't be backed up with science. Um, you can't claim to be a specialist, so you can't say you're a naturopathic oncologist or something. Um, and you have to comply with the vaccination policy. Um, and so this, the deadline for this just passed on January 21st. So before that deadline passed, 27 naturopaths were already in, under investigation. And the college said it will seek minimum $500 fines against all of them. But of course, this brings up all sorts of other questions about naturopathy in general, because if you can't say, if you can't make claims about treatment without backing them up, how can you offer homeopathy? Because there's nothing about homeopathy that's scientifically supported. Um, I, I haven't got an answer to that question yet. Um, I know that you know that the result of this reporting over the last nine months has meant that uh, the college has hiked up its fees for every member because they are spending so much money on investigation and enforcement. Um, so again, this is another thing I'm going to be following closely. But there's kind of another, another thing that's happening that I haven't really reported on, but that may result in a bunch of changes to how all of the health professions are regulated in BC. Um, and that's because there is a review underway right now of the College of Dental Surgeons because of some sexual harassment complaints that were happening within the college. And so they brought in an outside consultant, the province has, and he's going to be able to recommend changes to the Health Professions Act. So we could see broad changes to how the health professions are regulated altogether. Um, so I'm going to be really super interested to watch that as well. And that's about it for me. So.